It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to Quantum number 153 from a wet and dreary and cold and lockdown Sydney. So let's start off with some good news that I got this morning. So it's about half past ten. It's centre court and it is Andy Murray. With two match points. is released. The tears never too far away. But yeah, I mean, what, what an atmosphere to play in at the end. I mean, the, the whole crowd is amazing, but there's a few, few guys in there who were... Getting, yeah, getting me fired up and... Yeah, I mean, I needed, I needed uh, everyone's help tonight and, um, yeah, they did a, did a great job. And yeah, I've hit some great shots at the end to finish it, but it was, uh, it was a tough match. That is, of course, Andy Murray. Um, it's just incredible hearing the, the the crowd, and I have no doubt whatsoever it's the crowd that that carried him through. Do you know? What? Let me reflect a little bit just on on the role that sport plays in our life. Um, my father is extremely ill at the moment and is dying. And, you know, it's I'm not able to be home. And, you know, I phoned my mother and today I phoned her and she was watching the tennis. And, do you know, she, obviously they've been married for 60 years. She's going through a really hard time. And yet there are things like this. And I think that's part of the role that sport plays in our lives as well. Of course, what I'm saying is <clears throat> that, you know, we need the Lord, we need prayer, but he gives us so many different things that help us. So I do think that that is um, one of the reasons that we have sport. And it certainly cheered me up listening to that as I was walking around this morning in the rain. It's coming up to 20 to 8 now. And in the last hour, Nissan has made a big announcement about electric car manufacturing at its Sunderland plant. Simon Jack is our business editor. What have they said, Simon? Well, Michelle, this is a very significant announcement. They have, they're going to start a new gigafactory, a very large battery production factory here in Sunderland. There's going to be 6,200 new jobs created over the next few years. A brand new electric car to be made here. So a very significant announcement. Nissan are going to do a, is it a, a, a one billion factory or one trillion factory in in Sunderland. I remember when we did the EU referendum, we were all told absolutely that Nissan would leave and instead they're now making the UK their their main quarters for Europe. Good news. 
Okay, and a, a wee bit of follow-up from last week. And again, thanks to all who contacted us for that. Um, we talked about swearing. And I talked about blasphemy, and I talked about how we use language and so on. And it's a, it's a much bigger subject than we were able to do in the short time. But right on cue, the British Board of Film Classification have said that in U films, which should have, they say, a positive overall tone, very young children, anything that might scare, confuse, or upset them, the lasting impression the film might have, words you may hear in a U-rated film or TV show may include damn, hell, God, Jesus Christ. We know that some people find these words particularly offensive, but our research shows that the majority of parents are comfortable with their children hearing them in U-rated films. Yeah. Because blasphemy has been so accepted in our culture, and sadly, often in the church. Okay, let's go to Africa. Africa's going to be our major focus. We haven't focused on Africa for a while, so Africa's going to be our major focus for this podcast. That is the Zambian National Anthem, and uh, Kenneth Kaunda, KK, from 1964, when Zambia became independent, it was Northern Rhodesia, when it became independent from the UK to 1991, he was the president, and there's a kind of very mixed feeling about him. A lot of Zambians love him. Um, He became the leader of the United National Independence Party, UNIP. In 1973, he changed the constitution, so it became what they call a one-party participatory democracy. Yeah, a one-party state, in other words. Um, But I don't know. Hey, Nicola, maybe you should listen to that in Scotland. A one-party participatory democracy. Sounds good. Better than a one-party state. He preached the philosophy of humanism. Discipline, law and order. Now, there are good things, very good things about him, not least he united the tribes. Uh, Incidentally, one fact I didn't know about him was he was the son of a Church of Scotland minister. But there are bad sides as well. Corruption, possibly. Supporter of Saddam Hussein, absolutely. Supporter of Mugabe, absolutely. And supporter of communist China, absolutely. It's strange, you know, you, we look at different leaders and it's, it's more complex than just these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. Jacob Zuma, though, I think pretty well falls on the side of the bad guys in so many ways. He's been sentenced to 15 months in jail by his country's highest court and been given five days to hand himself into police. And that is because he's refused to go along with an inquiry into corruption while he was in president while he was president. There are numerous, numerous allegations of corruption against him. Also in South Africa, there's a proposal by the South African government to legalize polyandry. Now, those who said legalizing same-sex marriage, oh, no, 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 that's it. Don't worry. Um, Well, see, polygamy is already um, legalized. 
and but there's quite an argument against it. Uh, a businessman and TV personality, Musa Misleku, who has four wives, says this will destroy African culture. What about the children of those people? How will they know their identity? The woman cannot now take the role of the man. And then here's some news from the opposite end of Africa. Here's some a crowd celebrating. That is in Tigray. Uh, in Ethiopia's northern Tigray region, the rebels there have retaken its capital, Mekele, and uh, there's a truce being signed, thank goodness, because that fighting has left two thousands, thousands, more than two thousand, thousands dead. About half a million are facing famine. Two million people have been displaced. Uh, there's clear evidence of atrocities by both sides. 80% of the region's hospitals have been looted, largely by Eritrean forces, and Ethiopian and Eritrean troops have been accused of using rape as a weapon of war. It's starting at the age of eight, said one nun, and, and goes on to 72. It's public, it's in front of families, husbands in front of everyone. Oh dear. It's so sad. And, and so is this. This man uh, died, I think, two weeks ago. His name is T.B. Joshua. Up we are loose, up we are loose. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever demonic activity within and outside you, I command it out in the name of Jesus. That is a tape of him allegedly casting out demons. Now, I'm very, very conflicted about this because... Trying to get information about TB Joshua is very difficult. And there are, you can listen to some things that he's, he's said that are very good. But here's the bottom line. He's died age 57. His, he's from Nigeria. His country's mega televangelists and other groups failed to recognize him. He's got a huge media presence, 6 million fans on Facebook. He, had, he was Facebook's largest, uh, sorry, YouTube's largest religious channel until he was banned by them for homophobic comments. His synagogue church of all nations, Skoan, is Nigeria's biggest tourist attraction. But then here is where so many of the problems come. First of all, he's alleged to have been the third richest pastor in Africa, which, going by their standards, is extraordinarily wealthy. Private jets, the whole works. He did, he's alleged uh, to have faked lots of miracles. He's, bottles of healing water have been sent all over the place. He's been described by the Christian Association of Nigeria and the Pentecostal Fellowship of Nigeria as an imposter who belonged to a group of occults that had infiltrated Christianity. He's a lot of outlandish claims. He says that he was in his mother's womb for 15 months. Uh, you did the usual miracle white handkerchiefs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, was, I was quite amused at this one. A prominent Nigerian Muslim cleric, Sheikh Hussani Yusuf Mabera, wanted to take him to court for describing Jesus Christ as God. Well, I, I'm guilty of that sin as well. Joshua J.B. Joshua predicted that Hillary Clinton would win the 2016 U.S. election. And when this didn't work, he said that... Um, 
actually he was referring to Clinton's win in the popular vote. And if you didn't understand that, it was because you didn't have spiritual understanding. He also claimed that COVID-19 would disappear globally on the 27th of March, 2020. There's so many extraordinary stories about this man. Not least a number of videos that are going around just now claiming to see angels at his funeral taking him up to heaven. Do you know what Africa does need is the gospel. The gospel that came to the Ethiopian eunuch. The gospel that many faithful African preachers preach. Not the kind of false gospel that comes from this health and wealth prosperity stuff. Anyway, that's Africa. Let's pray for the whole of Africa. War, famine, COVID, religion, so many different things. And I thought we'll take a break and listen to, I think, probably the best rock song about Africa. The wild dogs cry out in the night As they grow restless longing for some solitary company I know that I must do what's right Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti I seek to cure what's deep inside Frightened of this thing that I've become That was, of course, Toto. Well, let's let's head east. Let's go to China. Happy birthday to the Chinese Communist Party. 100 years old. Uh, this is Xi Jinping. We eliminated the exploitative and repressive feudal system that had persisted in China for thousands of years and established socialism as our basic system. In a process of socialist construction, we overcame subversion, sabotage and armed provocation by imperialist and hegemonic powers and brought about the most extensive and profound social changes in the history of the Chinese nation. Through tenacious struggle, the party and the Chinese people showed the world that the Chinese people were capable of not only dismantling the old world, but also building a new one. That only socialism could save China, and that only socialism with Chinese characteristics could develop China. Now, the irony of one of the most repressive and exploitative systems in the world its leader claiming to have freed China from that shouldn't be lost on us. Nor the sad irony that the Lib Dems uh, have decided, or at least Vince Cable has decided, to defend China and to say that there's no point in the West criticising China for its policies towards the Uyghur Muslims. He denies its genocide. He denies its ethnic cleansing. Um, 
it's quite remarkable. And it seems to me that, again, what the Lib Dems are doing, they're showing they're not very liberal or very democratic. Okay, let's just do some church news. Uh, last week I mentioned the Methodists. I've since written about that. And yes, they have voted, as we said they would, to uh, that marriage uh, could be same-sex. And also, you don't need marriage. Um, you can have recognized cohabitation and so on. I think the only comment I will want to add to that, to what has already been said, and I do refer you to the article, is that I've heard from a number of Methodists saying the evangelicals are split. Now, here's the usual trap that people fall into. Or we have to stay to be a witness within. I'm sorry. If you're an evangelical Methodist and you're staying and giving your money, do you know that those who leave can't take their buildings or money? The liberals will take your money. They want you to stay because they want you and they want your people and they want your money. But in so staying... It's not that you're being a witness. I'm sorry, I don't think so. I think you're being used, and you're being used to propagate a false gospel. There comes a point where a church reaches a level of apostasy that it's time to get out. Well, here's the Bishop of Manchester. I mentioned him before because he wanted Christians prosecuted for teaching the Bible. Uh, here he is on GB News. Just listen to this. Well, I'm actually feeling quite uh, quite sorry for Mr. Hancock this morning. I mean, you know, a middle-aged man uh, struggling a little bit in his job. He has a fling in the workplace. It, it's hardly that, that that controversial at that level, is it? I, I, and I think perhaps had it, I think what is of concern is, of course, when somebody who's telling the rest of us uh, how we have to behave during the pandemic then is videoed very blatantly behaving in an extremely different way. I'm more worried about this about the fact he failed to keep the social distancing. But I'm about the fact that he was a middle-aged bloke having a bit of a fling. Wow. I'm more worried about the fact that he did not keep social distancing than a middle-aged bloke having a bit of a fling. Really, adultery, a bit of a fling. The kids in both families. The partners. Just a bit of a fling. But what he should be real trouble for is not social distancing. Or voting for Brexit. The Bishop of Liverpool. He's argued that the Church of England should do the same as the Methodists. Why? Because he says, we've got to go along with the world. The world finds that our teaching and practice of marriage is offensive, oppressive and hypocritical. And we should have gender neutral marriage canon. Well, the Bishop of Liverpool is meant to be following the Bible. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to please the culture? What was it? Was it Chesterton who said, he who marries the spirit of the, of the world in this age will be a widow in the, in the next one? All right. Um, this was an astonishing story. BBC are to allow transgender and gay activists to vet all transgender stories. This is straight out of Maoist China. Maybe the BBC and the Chinese Communist Party should get together to have people vet all such stories. All right, let's just do a little bit of history. Um, in an article in The Spectator on the congregational singing of hymns, someone called Yacinda Maxton Graham said that it was the government's roundhead approach, 
banning us from singing. I mean, you, by the way, you can sing in a pub, you can sing at a football match, you just can't sing at church. Yeah. But she said it was the roundhead thing. Now, she's got that wrong. Why? Because it, the roundhead sang. It was the cavaliers who wanted state-regulated worship and were prepared to kill for it. But uh, Cromwell, uh, before he would go into battle with his Ironsides, they would sing psalms, like this one. And then let's do a little bit of media news. Um, do you know this? On Cameo, you can get John Burkow to recite a short personalized video for, video for a loved one for only £82.50. Trump will cost you 375 Sarah Palin will cost you 150 And Nigel Farage, 75 I don't think I'll be taking up those offers. My headline of the year, I doubt we'll beat this. Two nude sunbathers in Sydney have been fined for breaking COVID rules after they've had to be rescued from a forest, having been chased by a deer. My worst book of the year, already here. A book called What's an Abortion Anyways, written by Carly Maines and illustrated by Emulsify, boasts of being the only book for children under the age of 13 in the US to use the word abortion. It's described as a medically accurate, non-judgmental and gender-inclusive resource. Uh, abortion is to be normalised as another outcome of pregnancy, just like miscarriage and birth. Folks of all gender identities have abortions. We know this and we want to make sure kids know it too. Wow. Virtual clothes. This is an extraordinary thing. Cyber fashion is the sale of virtue clothing which you wear digitally imposed over your social media selfies. So Louis Vuitton, Carlene's, The Fabricant have worked out they can charge a fortune for clothes that don't exist. With one dress priced and sold for $9,500. You can have the latest political slogans and all the rest of it. But what are they buying? They're buying nothing. It's just... It's not a reflection of real achievement. It's just a projection. It's like virtue signaling, virtue clothing. It's a natural conclusion, as an, one article puts it, of a generation that values virtual signaling over physical hard work. Ah, oh, it's time for this. Remember Hans Christian Andersen, the emperor's new clothes? By this time, everybody had heard about the king's new clothes and that he was going to wear them in Saturday's parade. The people lined the streets as the artillery came by, and the infantry came by, and the cavalry came by, and the fife and drum corps, and the royal guard, and finally, the king. And everybody cheered, hooray! Because nobody wanted to appear a fool. Nobody, that is, except one little boy who, for some strange reason, hadn't heard about the king's new magic suit, and didn't know what he was supposed to see. Well, he took one look at the king, turned a little pale, and said, 
at the king. Look at the king. Look at the king. The king. The king. The king is in the all together, but all together, the all together. He's all together as naked as the day that he was born. <laughs> okay, let's do some other news before we finish. Um, just some three items, I think. The war in Afghanistan cost the UK taxpayer $22 billion. $22 billion. And we lost. Iran. Ibrahim Rassi has been elected with an impressive 62% of the vote. And it is a win for the Islamic hardliners. Uh, he indicates his descent from the Prophet Muhammad. Um, he himself was a deputy prosecutor in Tehran and he had a role in the so-called Death Commission which disappeared and executed thousands of prisoners from the Iran-Iraq war. There's going to be trouble ahead. And then this this item of news struck me and again, I, 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 I'll just say what it is. You draw your own conclusions. A multimillionaire couple have attracted international attention with news that they have brought 20 babies from a surrogacy clinic in Georgia and they plan to buy up to 100. What about the 20 women who carried those babies for nine months? What was this we were saying about slavery? Yeah, in the United States, you're encouraging slavery. You're encouraging children to be bought and sold as well as children to be killed in the womb. God have mercy on us. All right, I'm, I want to finish with this wonderful song. It's Mumford and Sons, The Cave. It's empty in the valley of your heart. The sun, it rises slowly as you walk away from all the fears and all the faults you've left behind. It's just the lyrics are so astonishing. The first time I heard it, I was just bowled over. I love the tune as well. It's empty in the valley of your heart. The sun, it rises slowly as you walk, away from all the fears and all the faults you've left behind. I love the line, now let me at the truth which will refresh my broken mind. In fact, that's really the subline of this podcast. So come out of the cave walking on your hands and see the world hanging upside down. You can understand dependence when you know the makers and Cause I have other things to fill my time you take what is yours and I'll take mine now let me at the truth which will refresh my broken mind Sometime well the reason I'm playing that is Winston Marshall of Mumford and Sons it fits in again with this podcast because he's resigned from the band he praised the work of a journalist called Andy Nido, who is a anti-Antifa journalist. And he got mobbed. I mean, he, he, he did get mobbed. Uh, I mean, it was incredible. He tweeted about Andy's book, Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Um, the TikTok, as someone put it, the Antifa's Fisher-Price revolutionaries, its pampered TikTok vanguard, its mass middle-class activists, I think this was out of Spike, who love beating up journalists and punching stupid working-class Trump supporters, are the 21st century of the international brigades. So if you don't accept them, then you must be evil, and that includes Marshall. And so he was branded scum, he was branded alt-right, he was branded fascist. He apologised, he disappeared, but now he's come back and... He's decided he has to leave the band. And yet, 
let me at the truth, which will refresh my Balkan mind. The cave is, of course, uh, a play on Plato's story of the cave, which talks about the shadows and how can we know reality and, and everything else. And do you know this? In this world, we're chasing shadows. We're, we're, we've got clothes that don't exist put on characters on computer screens that we pay money for. There are so many shadows but there's truth and there's reality and that's found in Christ and I pray and hope that you will know him. We shall see you next week. Please feel free to support Podbean. Thank you for all of those who do. Feel free to send me information, comments, criticisms, news, ideas, anything that you want and God willing, we shall see you next week. So come out of your cave walking on your hands And see the world hanging upside down You can understand dependence when you know their maker's land So make your sirens call and sing all you want I will not hear what you have to say Cause I